Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Today I'll be speaking with communications expert Ian Bly, founder of Optimized Results, director of the Institute for Integral Enneagram Studies, and author of Kind Ambition, Practical Steps to Achieve Without Losing Your Soul. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, holistic products for body, mind, and soul, and PurePlanEssentials.com, organic aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. My guest, Ian Bly, has a mission, the symbiotic self-actualization of individuals and their organizations, blending a diverse background of management, coaching, philosophy, psychology, and chaos theory. Ian has been helping individuals and businesses to succeed for over 30 years. Ian has developed a model of human consciousness called the Integram, which maps worldview, perspective, motivation, and cognitive linguistic styles. Integram was featured at the first Integral Theory in Action Conference and is being used by coaching organizations around the world. Along with coaching, consulting, speaking, and writing, Ian conducts seminars and workshops throughout the U.S. and is also an artist, musician, and inventor, holding several patents. To learn more about Ian Bly and his work, please visit his website, where you can also subscribe to his newsletter, Conscious Communications Chronicle, at optimized-results.com. That's optimized-results.com. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Ian Bly. Thank you very much, Katie. Aloha, Ian. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure and honor. What is the Enneagram, Ian, and what is the Integral Enneagram? (laughs) Well, the Enneagram is basically a model of flow, plain and simple. (laughs) This means it could be an Enneagram of water that would take you through condensation and precipitation and evaporation, etc. Um, any kind of flow in nature. And what became popularized as quote-unquote the Enneagram is actually just one of many called the Enneagram of Personality, which is a psychological uh, application of it to look at the flow of our psychological movement, if you will, our perspectives. And what the integral Enneagram does is takes that concept and goes to the next level, sort of the the next dimension, if you will, three-dimensionally, and wraps in every other model that we've tried to come up with that, that looks at things like language from... NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, or other cognitive linguistic things like that, Um, how those connect up to how we see life, how we organize our input, Um, and looking at the development from hanging upside down, getting spanked (laughs) in a scary white room with doctors around, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's going on. How did I get here? Right on up through uh, Dalai Lama level of understanding mm-hmm. or oneness. And um, 
so what it does is it's sort of like what we used to call an orrery many, many hundreds of years ago. We'd say planets orbiting around each other and the moon's orbiting those and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If we take our, our perspectives and think of them as being those planetary bodies, if you will, mm-hmm. and they're orbiting and they're moving up, hopefully, in development so that we're always going from the basic survival, digital, on, off, you or me, die or live, simplistic, conscious thought, expanding, expanding, expanding to be more and more and more inclusive Mm -hmm. at every level Mm -hmm. so that it becomes you and me. So now there's a we and an us. Ah, but there's still a them. So we're not done yet. So we continue and continue until we reach a place of all. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. You have a self-assessment page on your website that people can use to find out their Enneagram type. Tell us about that. Well, uh, to make it much simpler, again, one of the big differences here right off the bat is when you're thinking in terms of the Enneagram that's been highly touted in the the coaching world, the Enneagram of personality, Mm -hmm. it's very simplistic. And it's moving, it uses a disease model. Mm-hmm. which to me defeats the purpose. I like to use a wellness model. Mm-hmm. So it goes from unhealthy to healthy, mm-hmm. which means that there's a lot of people out there practicing without a license, <laughs> basically psychology, pop psychology, and putting themselves in the position of judging others as to their healthiness, mm-hmm. which really sets up a lot of complications. Mm-hmm. So working with a consciousness scale, there's no judgment involved because every part of it is absolutely normal, natural, developmental. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so that pulls that out of it. And so the assessment doesn't work with uh, there's something wrong with you and here's what it is, first of all. Part two, the model starts in a very easy-to-grasp way. Let's say we're sitting around in a circle by the beach. Mm-hmm. And some of us see only the ocean, and some of us see only the sand, and some of us see little bits of both, and that is sort of our worldview. And when we get really stressed out, we see the world differently. Well, that's basically we got up from our spot on the circle and went and sat down someplace else. Mm -hmm. Disoriented. Exactly. You're the same person, but now you have a different view. Where this, uh, just to wrap back into the communication thing, where this gets really helpful is that obviously, if you can inhabit more than one spot on the circle yourself, mm-hmm. it immediately starts to make the person who is already sitting over there make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And that's what integral is. Bingo. Bingo. Mm-hmm. It's all one big. There's no place yeah. where. Just different well, perspectives. It, exactly. It does, it's not right or wrong. It's not, well, this works except in this case, because if there's an except in this case, it's not integral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so uh, yeah. it has to be a very open, like, rather than it being the cool Christmas tree ornament, it's the tree, mm-hmm. because you can hang whatever ornaments you'd like on it, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll work just fine. Mm-hmm. So the assessment basically tries to figure out, first of all, the general area 
where you're where you normally sit on the circle. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to what Plato uh, called pathos, logos, and ethos. Yes. We're either we organize the world around ourselves through our emotions first, and then the others through our brain first, and then the others, or through our gut, intuitive body sense, and then the others. Mm-hmm. I keep saying and then the others because this is one of the important differences in my application of the Enneagram. It's that we are all of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's but that's not helpful <laughs> in in working with yourself or others. You need to figure out where you start. Yes, you've got to see. Yes, the exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just a blob. Exactly. <laughs> so to make it simpler still for for people to just get in the in the world, I looked at these areas and said, okay, what kind of a question would I ask myself if I was sitting in the middle of this organizational structure? Let's say, if I'm all about ethos, if I'm all about gut intuitive sense, I'm basically about rightness in the world. Why can't people, things, just be the way they should be? Mm-hmm. And then everything would be nice. So that would be a, a question that would be core to my way of organizing how things hit me. When somebody cuts me off in traffic, when this happens, when that happens. It's all looked at through this lens of why can't people and things just do what they should do? Whereas, if I was over in the heart pathos area, it would all be about who am I? How do how do I fit in all of this? Identity mm-hmm. versus rightness. So that person cut me off. Now it's going through a lens of why did they cut me off? Mm-hmm. What is how do I react to that? What's my place in this interaction that just mm-hmm. happened? Now let's go over to the other part of the circle where it's brain first, logos. And there, it's about trust, safety, security, foundation. So now, that person who just cut me off goes through the lens of, you just endangered me. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that comes across. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it's like a rubber ball that you throw into a box. It bounces off all the walls, but it's going to hit one of those walls first. Mm -hmm. And that's who you are. Yes. Well, that's a good explanation. It's very, very clear. What are the two types of assessment styles you use and why, Ian? Well, the first one, the older one, was uh, much more in keeping with kind of the traditional approach of reading through all the typologies and all the descriptions of where they go and what they do and why they feel what they think, da-da-da, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I kept wanting to simplify and shorten that because to me, to spend several weekends in workshops just to figure out your typology is less useful to you than finding out on day one and then spending all that time working on what can you do with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I wanted to get past the assessment as being almost a non-event that's it's just Zero, the zero point. Let's jump past. So in shortening it, I came up with these flashcards. Mm-hmm. And I eliminated all the labels that we've heard, like uh, for the lens type, it's numerically uh, called the eight. They usually call it the bulb. 
know people who could not assess themselves as an eight because they never felt that they were a boss mm-hmm. type of person. Mm-hmm. So labels throw us off. So I used geometric shapes because it's very hard to say, well, I'm not a hexagon. <laughs> And uh, you won't identify it with it. I tried animals, but then again, people say, well, I I really like the kitty. I want to be that. So that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Geometric shapes, people don't relate to as well. So it worked perfectly to keep Mm -hmm. it objective. They don't react off of them. Exactly, exactly. It's like, okay, I could be a triangle. I could be a circle. That's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what that does is you put those out there, you read less than a huge chapter on it, and you basically say, well, that's not me, that's kind of like me, ooh, that's a lot like me. Make yourself three piles of flashcards, basically, and whittle your way down. Mm -hmm. Um, Over the years, what I noticed is that since I have such an integral cognitive linguistic connection with the Enneagram, basically that just means that the way that you see the world, the way that it, it organizes itself inside of you, actually creates your language style. Mm -hmm. You use different words. Mm -hmm. You use different phrases. You Mm -hmm. come up with different metaphors. Mm -hmm. So if I'm really listening to those, I can actually determine your typology just from your language. So talk about that. You know, you do, uh, you state that listening to the language of others gives you clues to their perspective. Could you give an example of how the integral Enneagram can help us to understand another person's perspective? Sure, sure. Um, there's a there's very, very straight off the bat uh, kind of easy neurolinguistic programming pieces to it. Uh, you've probably heard people talk about things like when they say, I see what you mean, mm-hmm. you're probably visual. Right. I, I feel you, you're probably kinesthetic. Right. Um, it's a very similar kind of thing mm-hmm. where if I say, I think, fill in the blank, versus I feel, fill in mm-hmm. the blank, mm-hmm. that tells you that there, it's again, it's a probability. We're not going to start putting little yellow labels on people's foreheads, but um, it definitely gets you in the idea that okay, they're thinking this, they're not feeling it, and they're not telling me it is this way. Mm-hmm. If I was a intuitive person, I just know things. I don't know why I know them, KG. I don't. I haven't thought about it. It's not uh, an emotion. I just somehow know it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to come out in the way that I talk. Mm-hmm. I'll be very unequivocal in my statements. Whereas if I'm a very feeling person, it's going to come from that place. So I'm going to say, well, I feel like we blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's a start. Another thing is the concept of those metaphors and whatnot that you'll hear a person talk about their position in the interaction. And if they talk about that, let's say somebody is complaining, let's give you a nice useful thing. Somebody comes into their boss and they're complaining that they really, they've been working here for 12 years and they should have an office by now. Mm-hmm. Well, bosses tend to get kind of annoyed by this sort of thing. They start to think in terms of their own world and, well, when I was here for 12 years, I didn't have one, or this, that, and the other thing. And that's, you start going down that road of not actually taking the other person into account, mm-hmm. which is sort of using an overlay of ourself on them. Yes. So the 
trick here is to say, aha, tell me more about this. Dig in rather than resist about yeah. this, why they feel that this is something they need. And it will come out that it'll, it's either... In a way that is... That is um, that is genuinely wanting to know why they feel or think that, right? Yeah, Not in a defensive, like, you know, I mean, I could see somebody asking that question, well, why do you think that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. How, you, how you would ask that question would be important. Very much, because when you ask a question, there's something called appreciative inquiry, where rather than asking the question... Yes, that's, a nice, that's a nice term, appreciative inquiry. Yes, it's, it's because you come from a place of, let's, let's start with the premise that all of us would love everything to be wonderful for everyone. Why not? It's a perfectly reasonable premise. Uh, I think that most of the time when people don't want that, it's because something is being done to them. So they're trying to fight back against it. But without all that nonsense, we can basically just say, okay, let's figure out the, the, a win-win answer for this. Mm -hmm. So when the person comes in, they will either you'll say, oh, okay, well, tell me more about this office concept where it's where what's mm -hmm. giving you this idea. And when they continue to talk about it, they will probably indicate to you that it's coming from a place of where they think it's the fair thing, the mm -hmm. right thing, uh, people who've been there for that long, other people have done this, da da da. So that would be the pathos, the more intuitive. But, uh, more intuitive uh, rather than pathos, more ethos. More, oh, ethos. It, it, it is the right thing, it's not about... And pathos it. is feeling. It's me, me, me. It's yeah. definitely, it would be more about, I don't feel recognized. Mm -hmm. When someone doesn't feel recognized, it's about them. And that's a whole other animal, because then it might not be the office that's really the solution. It mm -hmm. might be the recognition mm -hmm. that's the solution. Mm -hmm. And they think the office will get them that. Yes. And KG, how much of our lives do we spend chasing after what we think is the thing that will fill the hole? Yes, and I was uh, hearing this thing by, I don't know if you know Esther and Jerry Hicks and the Abraham work, but the, I was hearing them talk about that uh, they did some sort of an assessment and they found that most people by far... Uh, given more money or prestige, they would go for a title and prestige. And so they're looking outside of themselves for approval mm -hmm. so that people would see these signs that they, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. that they have that recognition or what, exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And so one of the things that's really helpful with the Enneagram, uh, just a flat piece of it, because the Enneagram is Enneagram Plus. <laughs> Uh, it's Enneagram plus Ken Wilber's integral work plus spiral dynamics plus NLP plus, 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 plus. Every model, all mm -hmm. in, in a big uh, stew pot. Mm -hmm. But the Enneagram, just the sim simple, flat, sitting around the circle model, helps us so much with regard to what each of us is chasing after. Mm -hmm. Because it all comes... So you're talking motivation. Exactly. Yes. And, and, and so, yes, I noticed that you do... Behavior. Yes, you focus on motivation and not behavior in the Enneagram exactly. assessment. Exactly.
simply because behavior is a big, big red herring. Mm-hmm. Behavior is what you do because of life's circumstances. Mm-hmm. So if you could do anything you wanted, if it was absolutely your, you, you, you are the goddess of your own existence and you get to do whatever you want to do, well, your behavior would probably sh- change drastically. And that's what's interesting because that's who you really are. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm chasing after making everything be perfect because I think that what's wrong with me, the reason that I'm, here's the big one, separate from God or separate from the universe, the force, whatever you want to call it, then I run around making everything be perfect because I want to get my connection back. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. I run around helping everybody because I don't think I'm worthy on my own. So if I help everybody else, maybe then I'll be accepted back. Which is the opposite way it really happens. Once you connect, then all of that just shows up. You know, mm-hmm. it's it it you get cl- you can see the things that you're al- in alignment with naturally, and those are the things that you you know you do more of. Exactly. I had a brilliant experience with one of one of my clients a while back. Who she was a real, a really feisty eight, which is this. Basically, the lens type that they organize the world through is a lens type of power and force of will because the misconception here, or the misperception here, I should say, is that the reason I am separate from God, the reason I was kicked out, the reason I am here alone, ego, 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 Mm -hmm. is because I was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Well, gosh darn it, I'll never be vulnerable again. I'm Mm going to be a tank in the world. Mm And you see people who don the armor mm-hmm. and then go through life bashing their way mm-hmm. because they will never be in, they'll never be vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. Well, this wonderful woman got to a place in her life where she realized that her armor was preventing her from feeling the petal of a flower. And she wanted that. Mm-hmm. And that sensitivity. That mm-hmm. she knew that outside, that the armor may be quote unquote protecting her, mm-hmm. but it was separating her. Mm-hmm. And the separation had finally begun to be more painful yes. than, the, than the perception of what she was protecting herself from. Mm-hmm. So, Which was her perception, too. Exactly. I mean, that was the way she was framing or how she was presenting whatever was happening, you know. That yeah. it was happening to her, and uh, you know her story about herself. It's how uh, yeah. essentially it's how we it. feel about ourselves. Well, I'm a feeling person, I guess. But for me, it you know maybe other people have a different way of getting at this. But for me, it's all about how I feel about myself. It's the inner connection that I have with myself, with source energy. That's what. You know, that's where it all comes from. That's sort of the wellspring from where everything comes from. So, and then that just changes everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The going from finding that it's all right there. You know, it's it. It's a mythical realization. Mm-hmm. We could go right back to the Wizard of Oz. The whole point of of recognizing that. Everything you ever wanted was right there in your backyard. Yeah. Yes. And 
so for her to get this concept that the con- very connection that she wanted was only possible by being mm-hmm. vulnerable the mm-hmm. exact thing that she had convinced herself belief system wise mm-hmm. would kill her mm-hmm. so it's that place where you stand on the precipice and you say okay I am going to kill my egoistic version of myself and step into whoever I actually am. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's scary business. Mm-hmm. But what was really great was... We I don't know that you really kill the ego. For me, as yes. I've experienced, it, it, it takes on a different role. It yes. more serves the, yes. the soul essence of yeah, who I'm you are. About perception. Yeah. Not what we're doing. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. not killing at all. But at that at that first position where your whole world You're is choosing not to empower that way of yeah. you know, perceiving. It's a choice you know, you always have a choice. To right. me, that's the PowerPoint is the choice. When you realize that you have that choice at the place right before where you don't yet realize that you have a choice. Where you're in reaction, you mean? Yeah, and you you think that that egoistic version mm-hmm. is you. Mm-hmm. You're completely mm-hmm. convinced that that's mm-hmm. who you are. You're under that illusion, under exactly. that spell. It's like a spell. It really yes. is like a spell. Yes, it's a, yeah. a friend of mine who's a hypnotherapist. We joke all the time that that the biggest uh, misperception about about hypnosis is actually we're already walking around hypnotized in training. Exactly. We're all under <laughs> hypnotic. Yes, we've been conditioned. It's about waking so, up. Yes, so, it is waking up to the truth. And, exactly. And it's all there within you, you, you know. So, yeah. all right, in your book, Kind Ambition, you talk about maintaining an empty cup. What do you mean by this, Ian? It's, uh, it's a delightful little piece of Zen wisdom that is it's one of those tiny, tiny, tiny things we can do that has the huge, huge, huge effect. And that's what optimized results is all about. It's about, you know, the, what is the smallest tweak we can make to get the, the best bang for the buck. And the story is, I'll, I'll super butcher it slow uh, by making it fast, but basically the student comes to the Zen teacher and uh, says, okay, I'm ready now. i learned everything there is, I know what, what there is, just finish it off for me, tell me the last bits of wisdom, and I'm ready to go. And the Zen teacher says, well, let's have a cup of tea first, and he pours, and pours, and pours, and it's flowing over the cup onto the floor, and the student says, no, stop, stop, my cup is full. And the teacher says, well, perhaps you should come back when it's empty. And it's basically saying that we, the first step in learning anything mm-hmm. is to say, I don't know. Oh, that's one of my favorite mantras. Isn't it wonderful? It's, and it's, and <laughs> also, uh, Byron Katie, I don't know if you know her work, oh, yeah, she, she, that's her, one of her mantras, is mm-hmm. to just say, I don't know, because you really don't. I mean, there's no way to... You know what you're talking about with the intricacies of this integral enneagram and the flow. It's just uh, it, it's more than what you can process in your little biocomputer mm-hmm. to understand. To understand, you know, all you can know is your piece as far as 
this is anyway how I've come to know it is I just know my piece in the moment about you know what step to take through my own guidance system or whatever so and yeah I mean if you if you look at something with the uh, premise that you already have the information mm-hmm. it's sort of like when we did arithmetic as kids using placeholders mm-hmm. it fills up the space mm-hmm. with the space full nothing else can get in there mm-hmm. like the truth mm-hmm. like reality mm-hmm. so by saying I don't know it's emptying your cup mm-hmm. so now you're ready for, for a new fresh cup of tea mm-hmm. and the uh, every time we go into a, a new situation or even an old situation because it, everything old is new mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. um, well, my, my little jokes there is that if you were to bounce a rubber ball on the floor and even uh, on an X on the floor and even if you bounce that ball in exactly the same spot on that X well if you move your perspective out to the solar system the fact that the planet just moved about 20,000 miles <laughs> between bounces mm-hmm. you didn't bounce the ball in the same place yeah it would never and be the same. It's exactly. It's always going to be new and fresh on some mm-hmm. level. Like the river, that they talk about that with the river. When you step into the river, it's never the same place you step into the river. Exactly. Yeah. That is moved on. And that river, by the way, we can take right back to our pl- our other conversation we were in there about the separateness. Mm-hmm. Because that's a, it's a beautiful example. If we are the river, you mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. and we come to a cliff, and we go over the cliff, and we become a waterfall, mm-hmm. and we have individual droplets, mm-hmm. and we look at each other, and I see you over there, and you see me over here, we are, for that short period of time in the fall, different. And then we hit the river again at the base of the waterfall, and recombine. Mm-hmm. Well, that was our lifespan. Mm-hmm. And that's the, is as separate as we were, we were just different droplets of that same river mm-hmm. for a short time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, well, that's a beautiful um, metaphor for, uh, you know, for this experience we're having of being separate. Mm-hmm. So what inspired you to write Kind Ambition? Um, my enneagramic type <laughs> is uh, fixated, if you will, on compassion. Mm-hmm. And the concept of getting ahead has always been an interesting thing for me to observe around me. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to help people, but then when they're trying to get ahead, they seem to think that they need to back off on who they are. They need to back off on their ethics. They need to back off on their beliefs on and on and on mm-hmm. in order to get ahead, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of influence around for yes. that. Oh, yes. Absolutely. The main you know, mass consciousness. The media is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> Unplug, unplug. Um, Be discriminating. Well, thank you. That yes. is the, that's the deal. Because really, what it's about is mo- what 
thinking more critically and actually step back from it, we mm-hmm. can see that there's a lot of manipulation going on that says, mm-hmm. you know, if I can make you feel really separate from me and I can make you feel less than and I can make you feel all these things, mm-hmm. uh, where you, if I can reinforce your concept that there is a big hole inside of you, Mm-hmm. And then I can sell you on all the things that I can sell you to throw in the hole to try and fill it up. Mm-hmm. Cars and houses and boats and this clothes. Uh-huh. Then I can sell you all these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and since you, I have you convinced that you're less than, mm-hmm. you know, I can continue to play this role exactly. with you of that, here, try this, and it's all a short-term fix. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And unfortunately, that short-term thing starts to pull at the fabric. We get into a a position where if I can sell, instead of selling your family a, a single television set where you all sit around and watch together, if I can sell your family four TV sets by breaking mm-hmm. you up, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. And then so, the nuclear family has been separated, yeah. and then you get divorced. You know, look at all all the divorce and... I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, we need to wake up to, to some of the things that um, have been uh, running the show, so to speak, and, exactly. and, and become, take responsibility uh, and become our true empowered selves. So, and interact. <laughs> and interact. And I think having the tools for interacting and, and, and beginning to have these more loving, supportive interactions with people, having the tools for that, because I think a lot of people do not have the tools for how to connect exactly. in a way that's meaningful and they feel it's rich, you know. The so. belief that, and this is, you know, getting back to the, the reason I wrote Kind Ambition, the, the belief that... Um, I must do this in order to achieve that. When, in fact, uh, in going through years and years, decades mm-hmm. of working in corporate and business and seeing what worked, what didn't work from an organizational psychology standpoint, from a, just a natural human interaction standpoint, what I found was that just as in the case of my client who needed to understand that her vulnerability would actually connect her to her staff in a way that her invulnerability mm-hmm. never would, mm-hmm. that when she allowed that vulnerability to, mm-hmm. to take place at a meeting where she made some kind of comment that I believe just had something to do with being a mother or something along those lines, mm-hmm. it reminded the people in the room that she was a woman, she was a human she being. She was a human being. Yeah. Exactly. And that, the, the, she, she called me afterwards and she said, this is the first time this has ever happened. It's freaking me out. After the meeting, a couple people came up and talked to me. She <laughs> chatted with me. <laughs> and yeah. it had never happened before. Well, she was talking to their first brain, you know, the, that the old brain, you know, that's the subconscious mind. Uh, so she was giving out signals, you know, that, help them to feel safe to open up with her. Exactly. Yeah. And that vulnerability was the connection. So this this concept of, you know what, you could actually get more done by being uh, almost counter to all the, I'm mm-hmm. not going to say counterintuitive because I honestly believe that our first
first intuition is to do it right the first time. Mm -hmm. But what we've been told is that when you go to work in the morning, Mm -hmm. you turn your heart off because your heart has no business being Mm -hmm. in the corporate environment. Mm -hmm. It's all about your brain, Mm -hmm. which, unfortunately, your brain is where fear lives and uh, your heart is where courage lives. Mm-hmm. You can go by, uh, run, run around the world, and in every other culture, you're going to, you know, in the, in the concept of corazón, of courage being the heart. And mm-hmm. when, somebody's, when somebody's afraid, what do they say? Don't worry, it's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by putting us into our head at work, Mm-hmm. We're already in position of... And we're out of ourself, our true self, because yeah. when you say me or mine, you always focus on your heart. You don't point to your head. Exactly. Right? exactly. And um, at HeartMath, they've done all this research, and it's well known that there are far more nerves going uh, uh, going to the to uh, and information going to the heart than there is to the brain. So there is an intelligence of the heart exactly. that supersedes the brain. And this is yeah. a big piece of what kind ambition is about. Is it's about giving about uh, there's I I think a chapter called internal prejudice. Mm-hmm. And what is uh, internal prejudice? I wanted to ask. Internal prejudice is this thing. Just what we're talking about right now. I'm going to look down my nose at my heart, and I'm going to elevate my brain. Oh, you know what you're talking about. Have you ever heard of the prophecy of the condor and the eagle? You haven't? No. Yeah, um, the prophecy goes that about 500 years ago, um, uh, the eagle would dominate the condor. Eagle uh, represented intellect, and condor represented the heart. And that was about the time that um, the Europeans came and dominated the Americas. Right, and then, and 500, because in the native traditional, they actually had a return of the ancestors gathering in northern uh, Arizona uh, earlier, this uh, right around the solstice time. Uh, they went to these different sites, sacred sites on the Anasazi land that had been prophesied. There are 81 uh, elders from all over the world who came together to sit in council. And they had this return, the, 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 pro- the 500 years, they wrote new tablets for the next 500 years. And the prophecy goes that we have now an opportunity where the condor and the eagle uh, can come together and the uh, eagle can begin to uh, appreciate uh, the wisdom of the heart that is, you know, represented by the condor. So it's so. What you're saying sounds so much akin to that prophecy. Absolutely, because so. they're equal, mm-hmm. uh, and what we have is these. Uh, we we have this little internal judging, rating, uh, belief system, mm-hmm. and the. Uh, yes, and that's done by the intellect, not from the the heart. Is not judging like that. Well, actually, it's interesting. There, there are places where this happens, KG. For instance, um, a position of internal prejudice reversing the typical would mm-hmm. be uh, an artist who looks at their intellect as being the cold, detached, robotic part of themselves, mm-hmm. which they don't 
really feel is very important or useful to them. Mm-hmm. They look down their noses at their brain, mm-hmm. elevating their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of us don't listen to our intuition because mm-hmm. it's not it's not intellectually supported? Mm-hmm. Um, so although that's at changing that, now, I think that is there's a real movement to awaken to the thank intuitive. You, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> last. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the deal. So, what if? Our brains take in a certain, let's call it a certain frequency range Mm -hmm. of vibration. Mm -hmm. And our hearts take in a different frequency range of vibration. Mm -hmm. And our intuition takes in a different frequency range of vibration. Mm -hmm. It's all information. It's all useful. It's Mm -hmm. all real. Mm -hmm. But it's coming in to a different part of our absorption capacity. Mm-hmm. So rather than say, well, I, I like red, the red light better than the blue light kind of thing because we're taking in these different frequency ranges to recognize that, well, my intuition is taking in really good information. My brain, my heart might not be able to understand it mm-hmm. any more than I can listen to a painting. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that that another piece of me, my heart, can see the painting. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to say, okay, rather than I shouldn't listen to my heart, I shouldn't listen to my gut, I shouldn't listen to my brain, Mm -hmm. we accept them all as being these wonderful pieces of you, these aspects of perfection Mm -hmm. that make you be you, holding them all equal and saying, I'll, I'll take in and listen to my heart on heart information. Mm-hmm. I won't listen to my heart so much on logistics, right? And I won't necessarily apply logistics to how I feel about someone mm-hmm. because those are inappropriate. It's listening to a painting. Mm-hmm. But if you use your heart for your heart and your brain for your brain and your gut for your gut, they all do a great job of doing their own job. Mm-hmm. And there should be some sort of a synergy that happens between the three. Yes. As soon as you allow them to be, and this is a huge part of my philosophy of life, I call it the law of allowance, Mm -hmm. which means allowing everyone to be, including you, allowing you to be who you are. Mm -hmm. This is not to say I'm not going to grow or do anything like that. It's just to allow for it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You are who you are. Start there. And by allowing your heart to have its say, by allowing your intuition to have its say, you are more than by by crushing them down. Mm-hmm. So Although you might feel, like earlier we were talking about when you go sit in a different part of the circle, or you may feel disoriented at first. Yes, yes. When you're uh, so. having that new, that part of you come more online exactly. for integration. And that part of what the integral nature of the integral Enneagram or Integram is that rather than, let's just throw numbers out there, rather than this person is a three, which means they they're, tend to focus on their, I am what I do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, then they, quote unquote, go to nine when they are stressed and they go to six when they are confident. Well, that's silly. 
they don't they don't become a different person. They don't Jekyll and Hyde. But it's more like all of these things are there all the time. Mm-hmm. You are who you are. And if you were to be a water balloon, and I were to squish a whole bunch of of you, part of you would would billow out. It, you know, the part that I'm not squishing would would get bigger. Mm-hmm. If I squish that part, then another part would get bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, life puts pressure on us. Mm-hmm. So what happens is life squeezes you, and <clears throat> if and your stress part gets bigger, it gets louder. If it's a if it's a choir, it starts singing a, a solo. But it's only part of you. And you didn't change. It's just that that piece of you got louder. Mm-hmm. So in in the concept of our three there, who's all about what they do, when mm-hmm. they stress out, they the piece of them that resists having to do all that stuff in the first place, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to because I am, whether I do or not, I still am, that piece is alive. Mm-hmm. And when you're stressed, you go, well, I shouldn't have to do all this. I don't want to. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to go to work, and they feel tired, and they get sick, and they slow down, yeah. and they can't make priorities. And um, but they didn't become a different person. The they just aren't in a resourceful state. Potentially, until they say, "Well, how about what if, rather than succumb to the lower part of that, I look at that piece of myself, that disintegrated part of me that doesn't wanna." Mm-hmm. And look and see what gifts that piece of me has to offer. Oh, that's good. Yes. That piece of me happens to be the piece of me that's very connected to ethos and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, so there's good, nice, moral North Star for you. It's also very self-reflective and mm-hmm. very capable of slowing down, backing off, not having to fix everything right this moment, mm-hmm. being more thoughtful. There's a just a treasure trove of goodies from your worst state of mind. Mm -hmm. So learning what the goodies are as well as the downside, Mm -hmm. and then learning little practices for how to juice those up and and exercise them so they're really strong in you. So maybe this is related. There is one chapter in your book, Chapter 7, to simplify problem-solving, focus on process, not content. So explain what you mean by this. The <laughs> best thing any couple can ever do to, ha- to eliminate all of their arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never going to be about whether he does the dishes or not. Mm-hmm. It's about is he contributing to the relationship. Mm-hmm. If we focus on the dishes, we'll never get anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's the content. Mm-hmm. It's why is this an issue in the first place? Mm-hmm. If we look at why this is an issue in the first place, it's just like the corner office. Is it really the motive? Why? Yeah, yeah. It's not about the office. Mm -hmm. It's about recognition, or Mm -hmm. it's about uh, justice and fairness in the office politics. Mm -hmm. Something along those. It's not about the office. Mm -hmm. That's a red herring. And so you're saying look beyond the appearance of things to to what's sort of been what is at the heart you know what I, I call this symbolic what is this symbolic of what is this representing yes and and the the core is very much like uh, in an integral way where all of this connects to something along the lines of problem solving in a re-engineering standpoint making an office work better a 
work better. Mm-hmm. And you can run around snipping the dandelions that show up in your lawn, mm-hmm. big yellow markers. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a problem, there's a problem, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You run around and snip them all off. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow they're all back. Yes. Because we didn't touch a root. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we had gone to potentially one single root in the first place, no more dandelions. Mm-hmm. The dandelions were taking us all over the place, but they weren't, were, they weren't the problem. Mm-hmm. They were just what showed up. Yes. Symptoms are not the problem. Mm-hmm. So most of the time, content is symptoms. Okay. And the process is the root. Yes. So another chapter is about look for win-win solutions. Your survival depends on it. Why is this, Ian? Why does mm-hmm. our survival depend on win-win solutions? This is about evolution. Back to our funnel cloud of consciousness, going from the I, me, mine to the us and we, right on up to the all. Mm -hmm. And in the very, very core place of narcissistic I, me, mine world of a child, it's my survival depends on a me or you kind of way of looking at things. It's very Mm -hmm. competitive. Mm -hmm. But that's very young and undeveloped. Mm-hmm. What happens... So are you saying most of us are still young and undeveloped? Well, we're actually kind of having an interesting little thing. We'll get back to picking on the media again, but, you know, they have people jump around and say, oh, 50 is the new 40. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, that means that 20 is the new 10. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot of that. <laughs> so um, the whole focus on self, on me or you for survival... Mm-hmm. is completely missing the point that if rather than you and I fighting over a piece of food, mm-hmm. if we were to share it, we could put our efforts together to finding more. Mm-hmm. And uh, having each other's backs, instead of it being a what I do for you, what you do for me scenario, mm-hmm. becomes a what can we do for us scenario. So the looking out for our back, for each other, and having each other's backs is what got us started in having tribes in the first place. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are stronger together. Mm-hmm. We are much better having one another than against one another. Mm-hmm. And I think in the chapter, I actually took it all the way back to, from an evolutionary standpoint, that in, on a genetic level, if chromosomes didn't play nicely with each other, that cell did not propagate. Mm-hmm. Plain, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Play nice and propagate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the, the more we uh, cooperate mm-hmm. in our little boat, mm-hmm. rather than fighting with each other in our little boat, because we're just in this little boat together. Yeah, planet Earth. Yep, yep. We really don't have another room we can go to. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the, uh, the win-win is basically saying instead of you fighting for what you want in this one little place and me fighting for what I want in this one little place, Mm -hmm. is there something bigger that you and I both really want? And we can work toward that. Mm -hmm. A common purpose. Yeah, and won't it give you what you want really and give me what I want really in the long run anyway? Mm Mm-hmm. And you create the the synergy, creates that third thing that is... Yes. Yeah, 
that is just yeah. far more than the the separate parts could ever do on their own. Exactly. The win-win is, uh, I, I've always put it that if we don't come up with a win-win solution, it's purely a lack of imagination and work. Yeah, imagination, vision. Yeah, because if we just if we really use our imaginations and really work on it, we'll find a win-win solution. Yeah, it's, it's copping out. Yeah, the fight. Well, and it can be conditioning. We're conditioned just to think. We're we have blinders on, and we just are conditioned to think think along very linear lines. We need to open up. Uh, you know, and I think in this integral approach that you're talking about, and that Ken Wilber certainly has, and I think. You know, certainly we're going now into integral medicine is coming in mm-hmm. more. I've been working uh, at the local hospital, and we're becoming an integrated healthcare system. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah. It's so amazing to me that, um, I mean, this is the kind of thing where the dandelions are hugely prevalent in Western medicine, mm-hmm. tre- treating dandelions yeah. individually. Well, it's a very uh, economically, you know, it's a lot of money. Sure, I mean, treating substances has become a, a very multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah, especially if I can give you a pharmaceutical that's going to deal with this one dandelion, but it's going to create two others, so I can sell you another pharmaceutical that'll deal with those two others, mm-hmm. even though it'll create two other dandelions. But that's okay because yeah. I've got another one. Yes. Yeah. Pretty soon you've got a shelf yes. full of things that are basically ninety percent of them are dealing with the side effects of the others. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And the third leading cause of death is iatrogenic. I mean, that's big uh, insurance doctors have to have is the iatrogenic coverage for iatrogenic, uh, you know, possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, what are uh, what are three positive steps? This is going to be our last question. What are three positive steps we can have we can take to improve our communications and relationships? In well, I have what I, I call the three strikes of communication, and it's uh, very very simple. And you're going to go, ah, duh, of course. Assumptions, projections, and avoidance. And very yes. simply, uh, it, it c- comes back to what we talked about earlier about uh, the I don't know place. And mm-hmm. placeholders. Mm-hmm. When I make an assumption, I have just filled the space of my mm-hmm. finding out mm-hmm. with my assumption. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take, uh, so that's the first thing we can do is not assume. Number two is the projection piece, which is kind of an emotional, uh, experiential version of assumption. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do now is I don't know what's going on for you inside, so I'm going to say, well, if it were me, and KG, this is the biggest thing in the world. If people can catch themselves every time they mentally do a, well, if it were me, mm-hmm. dot, 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 mm-hmm. because it's not. Mm-hmm. And that's when we go so very wrong, so very wrong when we do that. We project our own experience, our mm-hmm. own emotional reaction. And it could be an unlived part of us that we're uncomfortable with. Sure. Very often will be. Mm-hmm. 
the big piece of this is it fills up the space again mm-hmm. so that we're not getting what their experience, what their feelings, mm-hmm. what their thoughts are. We've we're stepped out of the relationship. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You just filled it up in a... It, so both of these first two places are ways of being not engaged with the other person, mm-hmm. of sussing them out from a distance mm-hmm. by putting our own stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, avoidance is is why we're doing that and how we're doing that and mm-hmm. what is making the assumptions and the projections live. Mm-hmm. We avoid checking in. Checking in. And so checking in is is magic. Mm-hmm. Absolute magic from so many places. We could have a whole hour on that. But mm-hmm. the... Oh, yes, I have a lot of questions we haven't yeah. covered, so I definitely want to have you back, Ian. Great, great. Um, this is so much fun. The the thing about checking in is even if, let's say you totally do know. Mm-hmm. You know you've known me for years. You know exactly where I'm coming from in this, and you, but you check in anyway. Mm-hmm. That tells me that you're interested. Mm-hmm. Right there, if not, the, the the least it does is give the other person the the knowledge that you are interested, mm-hmm. which is great. What a gift! And it's such a little thing, and it's so huge. Mm-hmm. So. By checking in and not assuming and not projecting, we get to find out what, why that person did what they did. Mm-hmm. It shows us that they didn't mean to step on our toes mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. It was mm-hmm. they didn't even realize they stepped on our toes. Oh my gosh! Uh, without checking in, we could have all kinds of malevolent rationale yeah. for why they did this. So basically, you're you know you're choosing for the love. Mm-hmm. You're choosing to stay connected and be in relationship with them. And knowing full well that most, mostly what we are avoiding all the time with all of these things, mm-hmm. unconsciously, because if it was conscious, we'd go, how silly. So it's unconscious. But all of these things are come back to a place of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. And self-preservation, mm-hmm. the, the misperception here is this, thing that our ego keeps telling us, mm-hmm. which is, see, its only job is differentiation. Without without differentiation, we truly are one. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to become one with the oncoming bus as you cross the street, you need some differentiation. That's yes. your ego's job. I am yes. here. Bus is there. Stay there. Yes. Um, yes. So other than that, uh, when the ego starts trying to run all these other jobs, it's like your your CPA trying to do the cooking in the in the in your your chef's job or having your chef do your books. It's like no 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 that's not his job. Ego doesn't do that. But the ego keeps saying, oh my gosh, if you allow for this to happen, you will die. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, and the, and it's uh, you know it, the sense of urgency mm-hmm. that overcomes you. That's very mm-hmm. egoic. You know oh when you feel this urgency, you've got to act now. You got to act now. And in most instances, if you just breathe. Calm down, get in a more resourceful state. Um, you know, there is no, I mean, n- unless a bus is coming or a train in your state, you know, mm-hmm. then there is no urgency. And um, you need to take your power back. That is a big opportunity for you to take your take your power back exactly. and Recognize center yourself. When somebody is, is uh, they talk a million miles an hour, and 
they cannot listen to you. Mm-hmm. And they interrupt, they this or that. To recognize that you could, you could just say, wow, this person is really annoying, I don't want to deal with them, blah, blah, blah. You also could say, wow, this person is panic-stricken. Mm-hmm. That if they stop for mm-hmm. a minute, mm-hmm. they will die. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. running for their life. Mm-hmm. And, and that is going on more often than anyone knows. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a fight for the you know the, you know they're under the illusion they're going to die. Yes, yes, and that's yeah. why the, it's like so urgent to them. That's why mm-hmm. they cannot listen to you. Mm-hmm. They have to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how die. they're picturing it. That's how they're presenting it to in the subconscious mind. That's what mm-hmm. the little flag is going off. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the the thing about it, if a shark stops moving forward, they will drown kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. They've got that kind of thing going on. Other people can be just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have somebody who is so comfortable living in the detached place of their brain mm-hmm. that emotions and feelings are just so chaotic and yeah. scary and so weird. undeveloped. Yeah. Oh my God! I can't go there. I'll yes. die. Yes. 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 They so feel so overwhelmed. You bring your too undifferentiated. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So by al- allowing, uh, you know, recognizing that we're all, in our own ways, dealing with this bizarre form of suffering that's coming from a place of a sense of disconnect, mm-hmm. that everything we do that puts us back in touch with how one we are, with mm-hmm. how connected we mm-hmm. actually are, mm-hmm. pulls the juice out of that dog nipping at our heels Mm -hmm. it pulls all the juice out of the thing that drives us the false dragon exactly we can we can kick back and actually be with one another Mm -hmm. and know absolutely that you will not you're not going to destroy me Mm -hmm. you can think things differently than me you can feel things differently than me you can Mm -hmm. be different than me Mm -hmm. and it will not destroy me Mm -hmm. I'll be fine Mm -hmm. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. We'll all be fine. Yes, it's just a, a a conditioning, a false misperception, relaxing into the flow. Actually, we're here. Everything's supporting everything, and it's a very loving soup of life. We're all, you know, is moving through all of creation. Is has been my experience. So, absolutely. Even if the the worst case scenario happens and we're blown to bits, it just means that our energy gets spread out. And we'll recombine in some other way. Yes. And that'll be cool, too. Yes, our essential self is life. Yes. It's just life and life. Exactly, exactly. And coming to really know that. So, well, wonderful, wonderful talking with you today. I I definitely want to talk with you more on another show. So, everyone, uh, to learn more about Ian Bly and his work, please visit his website where you can also subscribe to his newsletter, Conscious Communications Chronicle, at optimized-results.com. That's optimized-results.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks again for joining us, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much. And 